I think we thought that we had battled the dismantling global Hindutva trope quite well. And uh, now we have local Hindutva. So to talk about it, we have uh, Dr. Ajay Trungu and Vibhuti uh, Jha Ji. Uh, let's go straight into the topic, Hinduism versus Hindutva, which is the flavor of the day. And uh, before that, I request you to please subscribe the channel. And also, you can always support us and follow us by going into the description. Namaste to all viewers and namaste to and uh, Ajayji. How are you all doing? Namaste. Pleasure to be in a great company. <laughs> uh, let's start with this uh, Hinduism versus Hindutva. I know, Vyutiji, you battled it quite strongly and uh, we assembled a lot of firepower to battle this global, dismantling global Hindutva thing that was put up by the Rajas. And uh, now we have the local Hindutva. But of course, uh, because the Coincidence is a bit too uncanny. I think uh, it is that same game that uh, the old Indologists used to play in the 19th century that is being played all over again. And uh, the uh, I saw Ruchir Sharma making some tweets, very interesting tweets about the United States getting interested in balkanization of India by fostering what is called sub-national groupings and sub-national diplomacy. And uh, what's your take? Uh, my take is uh, my take is very simple. nineteenth century you talked about that. And as the saying goes that if you are not careful, history repeats itself. And to that end, you know, I, I believe that we have to be more careful that history does not repeat itself. And, uh, you know, we have the pleasure of having Dr. Ajayji here. He knows the history very well uh, of Kashmiri Pandits in Kashmir. Sharda Peet Nikal Gaya It is gone. It's no longer existing or is existing only in remnants. So why we need to take this seriously is because there are enemies within. They want to Conflate and co-flate the issue. And the issue here is very simple. Create a bogus narrative and defeat the main. And what I suspect here is what is happening is by clearly demarcating the Hindutva and Hinduism debate and dialogue, they want to isolate the one segment, then attack the other. It is coming. It is Hindus are the major threat to all the religious uh, uh, monopolies and I, as I, as you know I always call them the organized religion so look at this man you know Sanjay this, this guy, my brother Sanjay Jha who talks about it and uh, this guy Sashi Tharoor these people have always been at the forefront of demolishing Hindus they have been at the forefront, Congress party is hardly a Hindu party uh, you know they, they, they are they are 
they, they only take advantage of the Hindus. They have always taken advantage of the Hindus because we do not propose, do not come up with a united front. So let's not take Rahul Gandhi in a simple manner. That guy is not a papu. To me, he is either 786 or 666. Pure incarnation of that. <laughs> you know, he's a pure incarnation of that. And don't let's not get befooled by his buffoonery. Because look at the way his tutor is Shashi Tharoor, who is busy taking pictures with all the beauty queens around the world. And he has no even not, no, he takes a pride in putting it up in social media. You know, so so that that man's thing is like perverted, intellectually perverted. I put him in that category. Because in his YouTube things that we have seen, what does he say? He says Hindutva is like English football. You know, hooliganism. Now, how perverted is that thinking? You know, Hindutva is not uh, is not going around barking and shouting and creating riots. It's meant to protect. It's the nicest picture of Hindutva versus Hinduism was shown by uh, 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 by a painter in a picture, in which he showed that in Ram, uh, Ram and Ram and Lakshmanji are fighting the demons who are trying to disrupt the yagya of the gurus. So there is a practice and there is a precept. And that's the definition that you have to arise to protect and defend yourself. That is Swami Vivekananda's call, arise, awaken and assert. What is wrong in that, in that assertion? That is, every religion does it. Other people kill. Now, here is a very interesting one. He says, Sashi Tharur says, religion, religion, about, religion is all about spirituality. And I'm wondering, really? what, a, what, a, <laughs> what about Christianity and Islam? Exactly. <laughs> right. That's what I said. I, I, I'm taking the pleasure of using the American slang. What a perfect bullshit example. Right? <laughs> this, is the, this is the point which we, we have to contest. And if we do not arise and contest, you know, then if, if ISIS, Boko Haram, and these entities are representing Islam, but Islam is a religion of peace. Give me a break. Of course it is. I think the house has already passed the Islamophobia bill. Yes, it did. It did happen. A lot of people were not. It, it gone exactly on party lines. The Democrats mm -hmm. have voted for it. Republicans opposed it. The point is that there is a seven-vote majority. There is still to go to Senate. Then it has to go to the president. And there is a gap. Now the next session will happen in Senate somewhere. And that's why the that's why we have to kind of get up and go. We can't let it go. It's and I have I have already very vociferously talked about to all the Indians that come on, are we protected under this bill or are we going to be attacked under this bill? Think about it. When 70-80% of you vote for Democrats, did anyone ask the relevance of this bill? Why didn't we ask that protection of all minorities everywhere? You know, every country of the world, every minority needs to be protected. And there is an interesting play on the phobia world. The fear is genuine. It's not exactly. a fear imagined. You know, if you say, you know, we have global examples of, you say anything about Islam and there is a riot all over the world. Look, go figure. And this is where I am a little disturbed about the fact that what is it that in democracies, we bend backwards 
यूरोपियंस हो या इंडियंस हो वी बोथ बेंड बैकवर्ड्स टू अकोमोडेट अ फेथ दैट इज आउट टू कट आर थ्रोट वट काइंड ऑफ रिस्पॉन्स इज दैट एंड दैट्स वेर वी हैव टू बिगिन टू बी अवेयर ऑफ दैट and shashi tharur plays his football you know he plays a cheap football he called uh, hindutva uh, english football of hooliganism and i say he plays a cheap football of committing fouls it's time to give him a red card and eject from the game that's what is important for us to remember is that uh, you know it's a everything is a political ideology if if islam is not political ideology what is it then it's not a religious theology that we have to you know condone and every element of his which he talks about the evil of hindutva each one of them are false this is the important part that we have to contest we are doing it on jaipur dialogue and it's it's absolutely great pleasure to do that because we need platform organized platform and we need you know like when as the saying goes that if the barbarian is at the gate to out to cut your throat that's not the time to be hospitable it's time to fight back and we have to fight back there is no other choice on this uh quite right and uh, uh i think uh, i will read out from the uh, very good table comparison table that uh, our friend shashi tharoor made uh, when he brought out that book uh, it was called why i am a hindu uh, well that of course is a news that he is a hindu uh, and at that time you know what he said that uh, hindu is not equal to hindutva then he said the opposite of hinduism is not islam it is not christianity it is not socialism it is hindutva so my question to dr ajay chungu is that you have a very deep study of comparative religions so what would you say to that see the type of debate uh, uh, which is be- which has been started first in the west and now now this thing is taking some shape in india also it is one positive uh, message for us because the totalitarian political systems and cultures which had uh, enslaved us and unleashed destructive process on us for a long long time they devised an intellectual process uh, by trying to tell us that uh, we do not have an identity we do not have a common anchor there is nothing like uh, a nationality which we represent so more or less the thrust was that we were a geographical expression and nothing more than that and this was relentlessly being pursued over a period of time the the positive of a thing about this new attack is that that they have perhaps realized that that thing has failed they have not been able to expunge out the continuity of historical consciousness and civilization from the minds of hindus from the culture of hindus from the social behavior of hindus and they perhaps are realizing that 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 process uh, in fact is becoming a self defeating process in fact uh, that the type of uh, 
setbacks the left moment has had in India uh, during last four decades clearly demonstrate. And there are many people who say that if left would not have opposed the continuity of Indian civilization, debunked it and tried to destroy it, perhaps certain aspects of its economic perspective might have been accepted by the people of India. So this is a new beginning which perhaps is being ma made. It is not very recent, but you know, we can say in last five to seven years, 10 years, we are seeing that this is taking a shape. They are trying to tell us that there is something wonderfully beautiful about us. There is something wonderfully good about us. And by taking the course of Hindutva, we're basically shunning that. We're basically leaving that. And please don't do that. You, are, you, are, you will be losing or you will be abandoning the most cherished um, heritage of yours and most cherished heritage of the humanity. That is the line they take. But once we go to that, uh, that how, how that line is self-contradictory, I, I would like to say just this debate about Hinduism and Hindutva. If you go to any dictionary of English, if you just print the word ism on, uh, on the Google itself, you will find all connotations negative. There is no connotation which is positive. So the attempt to project Hinduism as a very progressive, forward-looking, um, inclusive um, a, a, a lexicon and uh, presenting uh, Hindutva as something derogatory, akin to a, some sort of a totalitarian concept is in itself at the very beginning failing. It is collapsing in the very beginning and it is a self-defeating exercise. See, for example, about the isms, they say that, that a distinctive practice system or philosophy, a political ideology, a dogma. What they want uh, Hindutva to be um, uh, described as is basically what an ism is. Name of an action or its result like baptism. Name of a state of quality like barbarism. Forming nouns denoting a system, principle or ideological moment like barbarism. Forming nouns denoting a system or an ideological moment. Anglicanism. Forming nouns denoting a basis for prejudice or discrimination, racism, forming nouns denoting a pathological condition, alcoholism. So what I'm trying to say is that fundamentally at the very, very basis of it, very foundation of it, the whole concept, the whole relationship is wrong. Now you take the other side, you take the Hindutva. In Sanskrit, the Tua means essence. There is a debate in India that uh, while from this term Hindu emerged, some say it was given to us by the, by the foreigners, Iranians. But that is being seriously um, now contested. Uh, it, it, it is not being accepted that it's, it's absolutely a wrong thing. In fact, something I um, sometime back, and I want to acknowledge it in this discussion, um, Dr. Hitesh Moda, he, 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 in his name, and the, the research, excerpts of the research on the term Hindu were uh, circulated. 
and they're wonderful. And he he traces the Puranic roots of the term Hindu. He, he, he talks about Vishnu Puran. He talks about Padma Puran. He um, um, talks about Brahad Naradi, in which Hindustan and Hindu term have been used. And he tries to say that it is a misnomer to think that in all the dialects of um, Persia, um, S becomes H. He says that in all the dialects, it doesn't happen. Then he says that it does not have even a Greek origin. Then he raises a question. He says that there is a Sanskrit term for Shiva, Hinduka. And Hindu is an upper branch of it. And so what I'm trying to say is that now, even if we take that it is a word, it is a if uh, we take that it is something which others denoted us with, because we were living around Sindhu, and there is a term that this was a land between the Sindhu River and the Sindhu Ocean, and the people who live between these two, they, they are the Hindus. Even if we take that definition, which is now being seriously contested, and the Puranic roots of term Hindu is being now um, brought to the fore um, by people who are doing the research on it. Even if we take it, then even then, Hindutva means the essence of Hindus. Now, what Shashi Tharoor does is he is trying to uh, milk out, take out the best of uh, the, the process, the best of the civilization of Hindu, Hinduism and of Hindus and present it as a part of an inclusive tradition which Hindus should not uh, abandon. And then without trying to quote how, Hindutva is a negation of all these things. As you as the, the table which you have circulated, say, for example, union of cultures and traditions with diverse roots. It's a, it's a, a civilizational process or a religious process which has no founder. Thousands of years old, has many central texts. It is a union of many ways of life, inclusive, embraces multiple systems of thought within its umbrella. Now, how? the term Hindutva negates it. He's not been able to explain it. Now, what is happening here? And in the opening remark, I might tell you that that when the Holocaust studies started and the people who intensely felt that the tragedy which had happened in the Europe, um, the Holocaust of the Jews itself, the beautiful introductory which Elie Wiesel has written to his monumental small work, which got a Nobel Prize, The Night in which he says that in the concentration camps, the, uh, in, in the concentration camps, the meaning of the words get displaced. So normally, in a normal uh, village, in a normal, uh, say, mola, when the, the smoke comes out of the chimney of the house, it means that they are cooking something. It means that everything is normal. It means that, that the life, they are uh, uh, living a healthy life. But in the concentration camps, when the, when the smoke from the chimney will come out, it meant something else. It meant destruction. Now, this Hinduism and Hindutva, it is basically an attempt to displace the meaning. It is basically to create. In fact, it's, it has been a totalitarian uh, ploy always, and which Orwell basically um, uh, said in very beautiful and very, very intense lines, they want to squeeze me out and fill me by themselves. 
totalitarian process he tried to explain that it is a process of squeezing out what is best in you and then ultimately filling you with something which makes you ultimately a total slave at you which ultimately makes you to submit uh, sub, uh, submit ultimately now what shishi thrur is basically doing it's not a democratic process in which he is indulging it it's not a inclusive process in which he is indulging it it's not something creative he is creating his what he is doing is he is trying to squeeze out the best appropriate it and then try to put those things which ultimately he is representing that th thought process that culture that political moment which he is representing he's the worst of it is trying to impute on the hindus so that's why it's a self defeating process because it will not touch the cord it will not create the impact which he thinks it creates the impact one thing is there why do they do it now i told you the first thing is that the one process has already failed trying to tell us that we do not have any uh, identity telling trying to tell us that we do not have a continuity trying to tell us there is nothing which which joins us once that process failed now they are trying to tell us that we by trying to at least think politically we are trying to abandon what is best in us so that is the positive dimension that the moment of this uh, whole um, just, uh, what you call is the hindu survival it is now taking a shape in the positive direction and the adversary is for the first time feeling the punch of it they are understanding it see what is happening in america they think that the same type of processes of isolation and the processes of ostracization can be unleashed on the um, uh, state of india or the nation of india now it's not possible they are trying the old trick but the old trick has already failed so what i am uh, with regard to shashi tharoor i want to just quote uh, he, he had there was an india today conclave and in that conclave he said that hinduism is a very large eclectic vastly encompassing religion that has tremendous amount of choice of freedom now what is this vastly encompassing does does vastly encompassing means encompassing fascism religious fascism does vastly encompassing means uh, uh, ultimately um, embracing totalitarianism what does this mean the choice of freedom the the the, the tremendous amount of choice of freedom what does it mean embracing unfreedom and and can there be any freedom which impinges upon freedom can there be any equality which impinges upon um, equality this is the jargon they are trying to create they are trying to tell us there is something best in you you have to preserve it and you have to preserve it because uh, ultimately you have to preserve our system so they are trying to tell us that there is a rationale still for your enslavement and that rationale should be psychologically fulfilling for you it's not going to work sanjay ji it's it's defeating <laughs> it's right at the beginning it is, it is it's not already not getting defeated it's a it's a expression of defeat rather than an expression an intellectual expression of assertion Yes, I, I come to Vibhuti ji. Uh, very, very interesting thought uh, by Dr. Chirungu. 
and especially what he said at the end that this is an expression of defeat and i agree with him because it becomes an expression of defeat when you put your uh, what is called uh, the essence of the philosophy on which you want to counter the uh, reigning political power in the hands of a stand up comedian <laughs> i mean it was still uh, I, I should say it was quite respectable in the hands of people like uh, Shashi Tharoor or even someone, somebody like uh, Salman Khurshid. Uh, at least they were able to articulate something, even though uh, you could counter it very easily. But then uh, at least they did sound uh, intelligent and also intelligible. Now, when you put this whole thing in the hand of a stand-up comedian, what do you get? you get comedy <laughs> <laughs> thank you i'm glad we were able to laugh about it but on a very interestingly serious note ajay ji ne bahut ajay ji said very philosophically intellectually he summarized the whole thing very well by saying also that right now it may not work and because they are afraid they are fearful of rising hinduism and i'm saying this that technology and science is our biggest ally today all three of us three sitting in three different destinations are able to communicate this is our biggest strength at this point in time i would also urge all hindus watching this don't get carried away by the hangama of it all let's recognize one thing our decimation is their goal just as it happened in kashmir and we could do nothing about it we have passed the stage of intellectualizing the problem now we have to we know now we know what has happened what they want and we what they want done they want us destroyed and that's the effort you know think about it like this i have asked this question that while islam kills people all over the world it still remains a religion of peace but we are the biggest threat to the society and communities around the world go figure it is it is a lie we are not able to contest and that's what we need to contest very powerfully because i think in my humble opinion that we let's intellectualize but let us intellectualize towards preparing what bhagavad gita always krishna bhagwan says action kya hai hamara what next and that's the important issue for us to determine that are we going to tolerate this if we are not going to tolerate this there is a point in time where we have to become warriors that simple as that mahabharat aur gita ki kahani to wahi hai dharm ki raksha ke liye hame uthna padega नहीं तो हम चिल्लाते रहेंगे और कोई हमारी बात सुनेगा नहीं दिस इज द इशू विच इज वेरी इंपॉर्टेंट फ्रॉम माई परस्पेक्टिव इज दैट वी हैव डन इनफ ऑफ इंटेलेक्चुअलाइजेशन लेट्स गेट ऑन टू दशन फ्रंट नाउ शशि थरूर इज टेकिंग एडवांटेज राहुल गांधी इज टेकिंग एडवांटेज ऑफ आवर एक्सेप्टेंस एंड टॉलरेंस एंड दैट्स अ टाइम वेन वी हैव टू ड्रॉ लक्ष्मण रेखा नो मोर who what authority does rahul gandhi have to talk about hindutva wo to nakli gandhi khud hi hai asli kya hai unka nakt nothing 
हु द हेल इज ही जस्ट बिकॉज जनूद किसी ने उसको चलते हुए देखा है मंदिर में धोती पहन के चलना नहीं होता उसे वो सी हिज वॉकिंग स्टाइल ही सो अनकंफर्टेबल डूइंग इट the point which i am trying is that when we allow entities such as these to speak on us about us to us that's where we miss out the entire game we must tell them straight away your points of view are not relevant anymore shashi tharoor is has no i mean he's a good writer good orator good talker and whatever else but beyond that he doesn't have the authority or the intellectual capacity to comment upon things because he's only fudging the issue chungru ji ne bahut achhi tarah bataya his pro and con hindutva hindus if you look at everything about hindutva is lie blatant lie he just drew a parallel against hinduism by saying xyz savarkar and all doesn't matter savarkar ji wrote an article who is a hindu why do you say that is the text to brand it as such is is again a false pretense that he indulges in to talk about the fact that uh, it's a political ideology then do you accept that christianity and islam also is a political ideology if it is not then why hindutva is a political ideology that's the issue that we have to contest with him because his lies need to be contested and trashed very simple it's enough of the time that we have been giving him the benefit of doubt just because he speaks well and he can make a good argument i i i applaud him for his command over english language and his charm and his gruffy voice in which he emerges in in a manner that he is intellectual be that as it may i am not denying that but what i am saying is that i don't need to accept or agree with him and when he talks about religion these are religions and not spirituality he is completely lying there i mean what more evidence do we want to trash him and ask him that question wherever it is so i i am of the opinion now is that it's time has come for us we succeeded in dismantling the dismantling hindutva conference here but the enemy is not sitting idle ab caste pe shuru kar diya un logon ne so we have to be ready for everything else the enemy has been plotting and playing the game for a very long time we are only waking i may up. if i may interrupt please do uh, there is a parallel subtext going on right now mm-hmm. the nominated ambassador to india the us ambassador to india mm-hmm. garsati <clears throat> has been going gaga about uh, how he is going to bolster all kind of uh, human rights groups and they will uh, look at discriminations and things of that kind so i think somebody remarked in a twitter in a tweet that now all the people can get their toolkits directly from the us embassy in india <laughs> and, and and at the same time you get this kind of a narrative so you can see that link up already the west especially led by the us uh, right. what i should say the repeat offenders they they were already plotting this uh, now they are getting direct support from the us administration no which is very important sanjay ji you you brought in a very interesting subject matter of uh, la mayor getting uh, the top notch diplomatic assignment of being put as india's ambassador to india and there is a there is a definite consternation among certain groups of indians here is that you have trivialized the office 
and relationship with India. And that request is being submitted. Of them, right? They vote Democrats yeah. all the time. Yeah. So you have taken a, a small time mayor, and I'm saying with due respect, you are a Los Angeles mayor, you have you're a petty politician, and you have no experience of being a diplomat. India accords highest importance to America, and they send their best diplomats here. There is a, a when you talk about India being a great relationship and a great business opportunity, you are sending a rabid liberal who is already vested with preconceived notions. He is not a diplomat. He's a politician. He should have been sent to a smaller country <coughs> for an internship before he's sent to India. Uh, you know, it, this is this is Biden administration is belittling India relationship by sending a person like Garcetti. Nothing well, about like Biden that. administration, why do you say that they are belittling India? They belittled their own office by electing Kamala Harris. That's right. I mean, I'm not saying that about that. She got elected. Sachi Tharoor also is elected. So what can you say about that? <laughs> All kinds of people get elected. So I'm not, I'm not impressed by that part. But nomination is different. But nominating Garcetti as the ambassador to India is not the most appropriate selection of candidate because he's already biased. He has no experience of managing global relationships. <clears throat> he's just receiving minor tips and techniques of what to do. And he will be guided by certain interests that he will have a limited mandate. And this is also important because Pakistan is sending a rabid anti-India hate guy to as a US ambassador, as ambassador to the United States. You can see the gameplay that anti-India forces are indulging in. That's what I'm talking about. That maybe India must reject the appointment of Mr. Garcetti. Government of India should do that. He doesn't befit the stature. You yes, might consider him to accept his credentials. Yes. His credentials should be said no. He's not worthy of it. He's not worthy of being in, in Chanakipuri in Delhi. You know. Likewise, United States must reject the candidature of uh, the Pakistani guy who is coming here. Do you see the gameplay? I'm saying that we will have to take the conversation beyond. Come on, they cannot even they cannot even reject Elhan Omar, and you think they will reject the Pakistani ambassador? That's what I'm trying to say to you. That's what I'm trying to say to you that we have to be act active on these matters. Elhan Omar is. Let me say this to you. Elhan Omar is not a liked Congress lady. She's winning from a very protected territory. She's winning from a very protected territory. Only certain groups of people can fight the election there. She's very carefully nurtured in that area. If, it, if she comes anywhere else, she will lose big time. And that's the important part. That's the important part for us to bear in mind, that we have to get seriously politically active, have a political agenda, that's what is important to do. Okay, I come back to Dr. Chungu. Uh, <clears throat> I have this for your consideration uh, because uh, ultimately when they talk about Hinduism being the soft version of what they call Hindutva and which they brand as uh, militant and intolerant, uh, of course I am all in favor of intolerance by the way because uh, I, I, I subscribe to Karl Popper's uh, uh, what is called the, the paradox of tolerance, and which says that unlimited tolerance, unlimited tolerance, will ultimately result in the 
end of tolerance. So I am all for intolerance, uh, be that as it may. But this whole thing, this distortion was actually started by Gandhi with the promotion or propagation of that silly book of his that is called Hindu Swaraj. I don't know whether you read it. If you have read it, then you, it, it is no less of a comedy than what uh, Rahul Gandhi spouts these days. And uh, that has somehow been uh, exalted to a status as if uh, it is the Bible of uh, the new India. And uh, Shashi Tharoor, again, has gone to the extent of... Uh, defining nationalism as a, not the Rashtriyata as we understand it, but he defines it as civic nationalism born out of the constitution. So actually he reduces India to just a post-1947 entity. So when you look at the, all these utterances also coming from the West, because they also seem to embrace this kind of an interpretation, and uh, when you see our stand-up comedian saying all this, and actually it is uh, a quintessence of uh, all that. See, uh, uh, when the decolonization process uh, ultimately started making headway, the colonizers, the colonizer, colonizing enterprise, they, they devised their own strategies. And in the, con the countries, uh, which became free, they used two instrumentalities primarily to subvert their freedom. One was trying to encourage subnational um, cleavages. And otherwise, uh, other, uh, other thing was trying to use the human rights. Because uh, on the issue of human rights, since the intellectual discourse in the um, countries who had got free had not evolved, they were not as, as yet intellectually prepared to really counter the intellectual jargons in the uh, in, in the broader say uh, framework of human rights so it created um, a process uh, of being ultimately very defensive and uh, um, and it was psychologically debilitating because uh, we were not ready with the formulations and ready with the uh, responses which we had to give but the situation now has uh, it has gone, uh, it has reached a level where we are equipped. I don't mean to say that we are doing things which are still very, very a pity and we are um, uh, actually defeating the enemy. But one thing is uh, certainly there that on the other side, this process uh, of uh, unleashing the guilt, uh, this is not succeeding. This is failing because for a long period of time, it has been an experience first um, for the Britishers and then uh, uh, for the Congress and the left. They were able to uh, make people to conform to their discourse by unleashing this process, trying to tell us that, uh, that ultimately there was something wrong with us, trying to create uh, a mindset. Uh, trying to ultimately nourish a discourse where the Hindu, Hindu was always at the receiving end. And so uh, I call it that they were trying to create in this country 
a majority community which was permanently guilty and the minority communities which were permanently victim and within this framework they were trying to handle their um, um, uh, politics they might try to do it even now but we have to realize that there are two things which were um, which in the very contemporary context which um, we have to take note of and we have to say it we have to repeatedly say uh, repeatedly say it while appreciating the good acts of this government we have to be very very bold enough to tell them where they are failing the most important aspect where the government of india is failing is in the arena of narrative and i can say it i'm i don't have any hesitation i think particularly while i tried to have, i have monitored it for last 3 years uh, particularly after the removal of uh, neutralization of the article 370 i have seen that indian narrative government of india's narrative government of uh, internationally has almost um, it, it, it has been almost paralyzed why did it happen but it is certainly a biggest foreign policy failure for us after doha conference we were literally expunged out of the region we are now trying to find a foothold whether we will be able to do it with the type of strategies which we are unleashing hoping that ultimately the west will put the pressures on pakistan and ultimately pakistan will come round i don't think that thing is going to um, uh, really succeed that way we have to have our own narrative and in that direction we have to pressurize government of india we have to very relentlessly criticize government of india even if it means sometimes ridiculing them we have to be very very forthright and very clear about it because on that front we are failing we are outrightly failing i want to just um, make a re small reference since shashi tharoor has been um, primarily um, uh, he acted as almost a catalyst in this debate because he has said certain things recently which ultimately uh, have to be ha had to be rebutted because they were more or less the representative views of many people belonging to his ilk he said what is the danger well, what danger does hindutva promote he said that hindutva semitizes hinduism now the word itself semitization is a racial term because he blames hindutva for creating a racial consciousness now I, I, we have to just tell him it's not semitization yes basically he is talking about abramization he is is he afraid about abramization of the hindus now if he is afraid of abramization of the hindus does he want or his ilk want to protect the hindu civilization from the dangers of abramization what hindutva consciousness is doing it is basically creating a political consciousness creating a civilizational consciousness to protect the hindu inclusive hindu civilization all encompassing hindu civilization from the dangers of a very religious totalitarian fascist movement which is abramization and uh, persons like shashi tharoor have to have to be told that you belong to that process you do not belong to the hindu process you do not belong to any uh, aspect of the inclusive what you call is hindu way of life you are basically acting as slave drivers see people the audience here should know that there have been those galley slaves and, and they would um, they would uh, 
ultimately row the boats and the master would take one slave out of them and, uh, and tell them to monitor the uh, rowing by these slaves. He would have a whip in his hand. Many, sometimes he would get a smile from his master. Sometimes he would get, get a pat from his master and he would do the job. This is the role which Shashi Tharoor is, Ilk of Shashi Tharoor is playing. They still want a master and they still want to be slave drivers. They have an addiction uh, of um, acting as um, uh, slave drivers. So having said that, I definitely, what Mr. Vibhuti Jha said, that the dangers are there. It's an all round, um, uh, the, there is an all-round convergence of the anti-India forces, internationally also and nationally also, which we have to defeat. And we, we, we have to stand up to and defeat. And that danger can be definitely uh, um, averted, number one, by creating a consciousness, by creating the right kind of discourse, by bringing the issues, but ultimately telling the people that we are not on the receiving end, the other side is on the receiving end. The biggest op um, opportunity which uh, has, which we have, the Hindus have, the, it's not, it is not the world of 1947. Many things have changed. Pakistan is out to, um, still committed enough to unleash a destructive process of India and still abetting the destructive processes within India. But the genie of Pakistan is ultimately, it has got unleashed on the international order itself. Taliban is not only a challenge to say Russia. Taliban is not only a challenge to say Iran. Taliban is a challenge to, uh, is not a challenge only to India. Taliban has ultimately upturned the entire international sensitivity. We have the designated terrorists now, legitimate leaders. Which country did it? Pakistan did it. Pakistan achieved it. Will it leave it? Will they leave this process? They will not leave this process. Will United Kingdom remain unaffected by it? No, it will not remain unaffected by it. Will America, even the Bidens, this, uh, will they, the Democrats remain unaffected by it? No, they will not remain unaffected by it. But what is happening is there is an inertia, the, our inertia, at least at the official level, to tell the world what type of dangers the world, India is facing and what type of the dangers the entire world is facing and what is common amongst them. If in this exercise we succeed, we will succeed at multiple levels. I know it in the, in the initial phases when Democrats came to power, I'm talking about last three decades, they were at that time, more sensitive about a terrorist uh, scourge which Pakistan was unleashing than the Republicans. Now, the things have changed. Maybe they have been penetrated enough. Maybe the people who have entered into their power echelons are now creating entirely a different process. But it has an implication for America itself. It has an implication for Europe itself. So the dynamics of Islamic expansion, it is a danger to us. But this dynamic of Islamic expansion is global and there is an opportunity, there is a possibility in it. Provided we can utilize it, provided we can really, in the spaces which are there, if we, we can really um, enter into, the, into those spaces. At present, at an official level, I think we are failing. We are failing because we have not kept the narrative as our primary task. And then we are not trying to utilize the spaces which have been created. It's not 1947. Americans would like Pakistan to play the same role which the Britishers wanted Pakistan to play in 1947 and afterwards. 
but that's not going to happen and what are the spaces which we have to ultimately explore that is about those spaces we have to be very uh, clear so uh, in this debate of hindutva and uh, hinduism i want to tell you that yes one thing is there that we have to answer every query we have to respond where wherever we have to respond with ridicule we should respond with ridicule wherever we have to respond purely intellectually we have to respond purely intellectually and where ever we have to mock them we should mock we should not hesitate to mock them and that's what we have to do at this time and i i personally feel that there is a process of cohesion which is building up at a very primary intellectual level in india amongst the hindus and globally also and this cohesion which is being catalyzed by the interactions like what you are jaipur dialogues is doing this is going to have a very far far reaching impact not only on india but on the global discourse hindus have hindus will be playing a major role ultimately this totalitarian war has unleashed this this is exploding and it is not only exploding in the direction of india india still has the wherewithal to face it the type of violence india has taken if only a fraction of that uh, gets unleashed on america or europe different things will happen and in case they don't respond it is going to happen and over the period of time gradually that opinion i think is emerging it's a matter of time before the entrenched forces of say islamo commies are exposed and we have to play a critical role in exposing them excellent excellent very beautifully put very beautifully put uh, before we go to the question and answers uh, i just uh, would mention that uh, this whole thing that tarur bases is on savarkar's uh, uh, hindutva that little booklet and even that term was coined by a certain chandranath basu in 1892 so even that basic fact he has got wrong let's go to the questions and answers we got plenty of questions coming today our way and uh, before that i have to request for all our uh, viewers to please uh, uh, share this video and uh, like it 